0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Ladbrooks.com. Please gamble responsibly. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard Celtic have signed Marvin Compere on a two and a half year deal from RB Leipzig We'll hear from the German defender And of course look ahead to tonight's game against Partick Thistle A bit of a first for Brendan Rodgers As he prepares a hoop side to bounce back from domestic defeat For the very first time Elsewhere Martin Canning's not impressed with his Hamilton Ackies players That's after the, the Barney at the end of Saturday's game against Ross County And Falkirk have ditched their youth academy to focus on the first team Could this be a sign of things to come for Scottish clubs I'm pleased to say I'm joined by Mark Guidi and James McFadden it might be the Clyde One Christmas party but these two dedicated as ever to their profession are here and ready to get through your calls tonight 01419511025 if you want to join us on the phone line of course we are on Twitter as well at Clyde SSB we've got some midweek football though it's Celtic against Partick Thistle let's head straight to Celtic Park and speak to Alison Conroy yeah Gordon the reset button has been pressed for Celtic after that shock defeat at Hearts on Sunday Partick Thistle tonight's opponents with their boss Alan Archibald fearing a Celtic backlash after that 69 game unbeaten run came to an end at Tynecastle. Celtic assistant boss Chris Davies though says there could be changes tonight but that won't be down to how some performed at the weekend. Yozo Simonovic and Dedrick Boyata were of course singled out for criticism but Davies insists they are not to blame for that unbeaten run going. Simonovic has a knock he might not make tonight's match. Now Celtic have of course made a signing today, Marvin Compere agreeing a two and a half year deal. The defender who isn't short of confidence will officially join from Leipzig on January the 1st. He'll be here watching tonight's game against the Jags and I spoke to him a short while ago. Proud and honoured uh, to be part of this fantastic uh, club. Celtic is much more than a club. I mean, it's for people here, it's kind of a religion. And um, to be able to, to put on this uh, jersey in green and white is, yeah, like I said uh, at the beginning, it's an honour. First of all, um, I want to add silverware, silverware to the to the letterhead of, of Celtic. I think um, this is what this club is about. And for me personally, I want to show the Scottish people uh, that I'm, yeah, capable of, of, of playing for Celtic, of performing for Celtic. Is the one that disappointment, I suppose, if you call it that, coming here that you won't be able to play in the Europa League with Celtic this season? I try to focus on the, on the positive things, so um, I'm gonna even if I'm not on, on the pitch that games, I'm gonna support the guys, the lads, and um, next season will be another goal to reach. So um, I, I don't think uh, negative about that. Have you been in? Have you met the rest of the players? Not yet, just a couple of them that are not in the squad today. But I'm looking forward to meeting the rest. What's the manager had to say to you about his plans for for where you're going to to fit in for the rest of the season? I think it's obvious uh, if you if you get a player um, that is 32 years old, you're looking for experience. This is what the club is is getting: experience, quality in in, in passing. Uh, I'd say in um, my header is fine, and I, I speak a lot on the pitch. I try to to help the the guys around me. High defending uh, is what I'm used to, so I think all these these uh, things. Um, I bring to the table and this is what, what they saw in me and this is why they why they contacted us. 
So Marvin Compere has been signed You've just heard from him What do you make of that piece of business? 0141 951 1025 Or we're on Twitter at Clyde SSB And of course your thoughts ahead of tonight's game Would you expect Brendan Rodgers to make some changes After the defeat or Will the same group of players be given a chance to put things right? Mark Guidi, let's start with you. Marvin Compare, uh, one that's been in the pipeline for a couple of weeks, although he can't f- f- you know, officially join until the January window. He has signed for Celtic on a two and a half year deal. What do you make of that? Well, I think Celtic have been looking for a, for a central defender for um, a long time, for a couple of transfer windows now. Uh, they couldn't get the right one in or identify the right one um, back in August, but they've, they've got business done early now. I'll give them a few weeks to... to to get involved and then uh, see how he does but um, he's certainly experienced 32 years old it's not the usual kind of way that Celtic go about their business but I think obviously Brendan Rodgers has realised that they'll have to bring in somebody uh, that's got experience and can also Help the, the, the younger players um, along And I think he'll do well for them This is clearly a bit of a snap judgement from me James But just just even listening to him there He's clearly a very good communicator In what is not his first language So that goes hand in hand I would imagine with the fact that he's 32 He himself says he's going to bring experience And uh, that's clearly something that, that Brendan Rodgers feels he needs uh, to, In addition to what he's currently got back there Yeah it does And I think that the fact that he is 32 There'll be a little bit of extra scouting going into the, the type of person he is and uh, the, the kind of guy he is on and off the pitch. So, you know, I, I don't think it'll be a, a rush decision. As Mark says, he's been trying to identify a centre-back for, for the last couple of transfer windows and, and obviously it seems to be that it's going to be Marvin Comper that's, that's the man that they've identified. And by all accounts, he looks like a good signing. I know he's 32, but he sounds as if he, you know, he's up for it and he, he knows what kind of challenge it is and... Um, I've not heard anything bad about him yet uh, Celtic fans You heard the man himself there Saying he's focused on the positives He's not thinking about the fact That he cannot play In the Europa League Does that make any difference to you? 0141 951 1025 Mark what do you make of that aspect of it? In terms of what Gordon That he can't play in the Europa League Yeah look um, you know, in An ideal world He would be available uh, To play against Zenit um, He's not But you know This is about a, a, a bigger uh, picture Gordon you know Celtic need a, a central defender and, and it's now about um, creating a relationship creating a partnership you know whether it's going to be Marvin Komper and um, Simonovic whether it's it's going to be um, Boyata whoever it is there's, there's, there's now a partnership to be found and that gives Celtic plenty of time because listen the Europa League is important to them but what's even more important uh, if they Celtic win the league is the Champions League qualifiers so rather than get a new guy in and bear in mind I think they've got four rounds to play this summer whoever wins the league um, rather than getting them in and only having two or three weeks to try and gel you've got five or six months to try and gel so that's a big bonus he's a few years older than Dedrick Boyata James he's a good bit older than Jozo Simonovic will this be a case of him also being brought in to, rather than directly replace them to improve them is, it, is that something you look for when you bring in a, a so called experienced defender yeah I think he'll be in to help them but what what it also does is bring competition to to the players. It's not Marvin Comper will come in and be first choice straight away, but it's up to the other two to come in and fight for their place. And it might be that it turns out that Simeonovic and Boyata are the best pairing out of the, out of the three. But first of all, it, com- it brings competition, and then with his experience and his age and the level he's played at, it, it should help the other two no matter what. You can you can always learn off the of players that come in, especially when they come in for a different you know a different uh, environment different league you know it's a different style of play you can learn off of, off of guys like that regardless of their age but the fact he is a bit older I know that Colo Toure had a, a good impact on the on the playing staff you know off the pitch as well as on it 
So I could imagine it'll be much the same from Compare as well. Let's speak to Gary in Motherwell. He's a Celtic fan. Hi, Gary. Hi, guys. How you going? Not too bad. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Too Good bad. man. What's your point tonight? Hey, it's just obviously, I think James touched on it as well. It's kind of glad we've got a, a new face in, um, especially obviously the, the, the defence as well, because recent weeks, obviously, after the Hearts game, it kind of summed up the performances, kind of the guys at the back. I've been a wee bit slack and I think it's just due to the fact that we've not really had a lot of competition for places here with obviously uh, guys injured and whatnot and the boy Ayer he's not really experienced enough so for yeah, that and Semenovic have kind of been kind of steady picks so we've got a fresh face in to, to get these guys to raise their game and hopefully improve at the backs obviously a positive thing for us that's the thing, Mark. The, the timing of this, you know, if you hadn't been aware of what's been going on for a, a few weeks, you might think this is somehow a knee-jerk reaction to yeah. a disastrous defensive performance on Sunday. So, in, in that respect, that game came at a bit of a strange time. This has been something that Celtic have identified, you know, long before. Yeah, I mean, they've been looking to get a, a, a centre half in for for a number of months. It, it's just coincidence, uh, Gordon, on the back of the four-nil defeat uh, to Hearts on Sunday. At Tynecastle when Hearts thoroughly deserved their, their victory A terrific performance Set the pace Early on Kyle Lafferty Led the line well Caused the Celtic backbone All sorts of problems And um, you know It's maybe just If anything It probably just reinforced the fact To, to Brendan Rodgers And his backroom staff That they needed to strengthen In that area But it's not a, it's not a knee-jerk reaction This is a guy who's been on the radar For a while And they've got the deal over the line uh, Gary you expecting him to, to come straight into the team when he's eligible to play in January would you expect uh, Boyata and Simonovic to remain the first choice pairing initially how do you see it panning out to be honest, I, I think they two will initially uh, remain obviously as his first choice um, I'm hoping to see the guy I've not really seen much of him to be honest um, but he's obviously coming for a good background and whatnot and the Canadian thing doesn't really bother me as well because you've seen the impact David Weir had with Rangers he came in at a later age and he done, done a great turn for them so as long as he's got the ability and um, Steadies is up and it could be there for a good two or three years and it's be good to, to see a new fresh face in. Uh, Ross is on Twitter here. Mark he says Big Miss was 33 when he arrived, uh, so Compier should be okay. I mean, 32 is no age at all for no. a, a central defender, is it? No, it, it's a good age. You know, central defenders, at, um, 27, 28 to 32, 33 uh, is when they're at their, their best. Um, so, no, there's the, the age um, of, of Marvin Compier. Is, is not an issue If anything It's it's the ideal age To be ringing a defender And As Gary said there Davey Weir Was terrific for, for Rangers For three Or four years But I think Davey was 36 When he joined um, Rangers at the time And, and he was uh, Some of the stuff That Davey played Was remarkable So um, no, It's not uh, an issue In a negative way It's a positive To get a 32 year old Central defender in Yeah because it's a Two and a half year deal James that That's a bit of a a show of faith there that, that doesn't look as if It's just a short term fix You know Celtic can see this uh, Going beyond this season Certainly No I mean I, I wouldn't be concerned About his age As Mark said It's 32 alright we, we want to see young players Come in and watch them Doing well But we always say it, More often than not Unless a goalkeeper Centre back You want an old Experienced centre back Or somebody who's played the game It's difficult to throw A young one in So he's, he's certainly experienced And it might help bring uh, Christopher Ayer on as well Because mm. You know, at times he played uh, a game a couple of weeks ago and he was excellent. I think it might have been against Motherwell, actually. He was excellent. And uh, it might just be that it might help him. On the other the other two, it's Boyata and Simeonovic, it's up to them now to go and prove that they should be playing and make it difficult for Comper even to get in the team. And, and they've got a couple of games or a couple of weeks to, till he comes in officially and then it's up to them to, to fight for their place. 
There's also as well Colaturi is part of the coaching staff, which will be you know Colaturi's experience will be helped to compare um, as well. So you know you think you've got Colaturi uh, in the mix too, and it's, it's quite positive. Gary, how are you feeling about tonight's game? Yeah, I think we'll bounce back there. Hopefully, I can win some win. Um, as I say, Hearts deserve their victory on Sunday, and it's been coming for a wee while. Obviously, I think the European games, they kind of performance has been rubbing off, and um, whether it's been doing the tiredness or just lack of concentration, obviously. The, the guys at the back is personally I do feel as if the, the, the attitudes haven't been quite right for, for some of the players uh, the last few weeks I think some of them think they're just need to turn up but it's um, it's good we're good to get <coughs> fresh faces in and it keeps them on their toes so hopefully start getting better performances again can go on another be run Indeed thanks to Gary the Celtic fan from Motherwell Vinny's on Twitter I think he's um been listening to you James McFadner you've been listening to him he says a lot of people focusing on Compare being someone that helps Boyata and Yozo I think the bigger picture is he's here to help bring Ayer on that's literally almost word for word what you just said anyway uh, he's all the attributes Rogers likes uh, but needs a bit of defensive education and uh, Soccer Zine says great signing for us good to see the club learning about our defensive deficiencies Jim's in Springburn hi Jim hello how are you doing Pan? okay yeah not bad you yeah I'm fine thanks uh, I was uh, seeing the day that that, that boy uh, compare. Not that I like to compare anybody for a wee pun. Oh, I see what you did there, Jim. Oh, good. Eh? Mark Guidi's uh, old uh, colleagues in the the newspaper industry are just getting the go compare <laughs> headline ready for whenever he does something of note. <laughs> well, I beat him to it. Quite right. Uh, I was uh, hearing about that uh, compare player over in Ireland, the Fiorentina, but that was one um, of his previous clubs, yeah. Yeah, and Paul Elliott had a spell over in Italy as well. He came back to help the likes of Derek White, uh, although Mick McCarthy had played with him before. But he, he seemed to bring out the best in Derek White as well. Maybe he's a, just a good organiser and he'll uh, talk about four through the game. Mark, I mean, I don't want to keep going back to it as if you can base everything on a one and a half minute press conference, but he just seemed very confident, <coughs> very assured, um, you know, acknowledged himself that. He likes to communicate and so yeah. on So that's clearly been a big factor In the decision to go for him Yeah, he, he certainly, as you said Gordon right At the, at the top of the programme Going from that clip uh, with Alison's interview You can tell the boy's got a bit about him That's for sure You know, he's not I wouldn't describe him as an introvert You know, going by that going by that interviews And that's the way you want your centre-half to be You want him to be to be dominant um, as a player And you want him to be good uh, communicator So there's no point in having somebody as James will know better than any of us, you know, playing at centre half, that's afraid to talk, that's afraid to demand, that's afraid to to tell players, you know, what to do, and uh, certainly compare going by that clip. Um, sounds as if he's got that in his package. I don't want to overreact either, J- uh, James, to the game on Sunday because, as like we said, this is one that's been in the pipeline for a while. Uh, by and large, domestically, Celtic have had no no problems defensively. But I'm just wondering if you look at a couple of those goals on Sunday. They strike me as the type that would, could have been avoided If you had someone who was a, a dominant character a, a talker, a shouter, someone who can organise people I'm thinking in particular the one where Simonovic comes racing yeah. across You know, leaves Kyle Lafferty all alone Things like that Maybe it's a communication thing Rather than other uh, defensive attributes I think it's been coming We've spoken about it a, a few times on, on the show Boyata especially for me is There's a mistake in him nearly every game And, and it looks like whether whether the two of them are stuck in that they're going to play every week or they're just they play their own game and, and players can just play their own game, make sure they don't make any mistakes. And it's not I, I don't mean they're being selfish and they're trying to be selfish, but 
they're concentrating so much on their own game that they, they don't really talk or or try and organise the other player or or think maybe Semenovic Boyata vice versa think I don't need to tell him what to do he's, he knows what he's doing you know but whereas listening to compare and playing with older experienced centre backs in my, my career they come in and they want to organise they tell everybody where, where who, they who want who were the ones that stood out for you in, in that respect that you well, played with in had, terms of talking when I went when I went down to Everton I had both, like two older ones like David Weir and Alan Stubbs and the two of them you know, David Weir wasn't really a shouter or, or a moaner, but he spoke and he organised and and he, he he told people where they where they he wanted them to be. Alan Stubbs moaned at everybody for everything, but that was just the way he was. He just accepted it and he moaned and he shouted. He wanted people in front of him. He wanted people beside him. He made sure that he wasn't making any mistakes. And in turn, he was bringing the team tighter in together. So the thing when you you listen to compare's interview, it wasn't the same. I'm fast, I'm good in the air, I'm, I'm going to score goals, I'll stop goals. He says, I'm a good communicator, I'm good on the ball, I like a high line. He wasn't saying, I'm a world beater, he was saying, these are these are what I'm comfortable doing and it sounds exactly what Celtic need. You want to come back in, Jim? Yeah, mate, I, it's, it's, along with Jez was saying there, these uh, chairman Italy and you know their challenges defend first, but they're also no slackers with the ball at their feet, but uh, especially in Europe, Maybe Zenit playing a quick zipping football at the top of their game. He could be the man that could maybe just bring them back together in jail. He even helped Ian Tierney, you know, because he maybe needs something a bit older. Well, Jim, I'll tell you, I hope I've not been the bearer of bad news, but he can't play against Zenit, but maybe next year. That'll be something that can be practice in Europe, exactly. Absolutely. Thanks very much to Jim in Springborn for those thoughts. I'm keen to get your thoughts ahead of the game tonight as well. Are we expecting changes uh, in the Celtic team following that defeat, or will Brendan Rodgers stick by and large with the same team? We'll get to that after the travel with Johnny. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Ladbrooks.com. Backing Scottish football all season long. Please gamble responsibly. James McFadden and Mark Guidi are here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Lots of reaction coming into Celtic signing of Marvin Compere. We heard a bit from him earlier, but John Strelecki says Compere talks well, but I remember Bruno Alves talking equally well. Talk is cheap. Can he do the business? Well, time will tell on that one. Let's speak to John and Paisley. Hi, John. Uh, hi, good evening, Gordon. How are you doing? Not too bad. How are you? Yeah, very well, very well. Just uh, ran upstairs, so I'm a wee bit out of breath there. <laughs> I can forgive uh, that, John, as long as you were definitely running up the stairs. <laughs> That's exactly what I was doing. Um, I was just saying to uh, the guy there, um, since Sunday, um, I've agreed look, for those uh, individual errors on Sunday, but, sorry, all credit to Hearts, first of all, played us after part, deserved the three points, definitely. Um, but my point is, is before, before Sunday, I had been saying... Gordon needs a rest. He's not playing well. He's he's just he just doesn't look the same keeper. Um, his confidence is, looks absolutely shot to me. So before Sunday, I was saying I think De Vries deserves a shot. The two times I've seen him play this this year, this season, he's been outstanding. So I mean that's the whole point of having a backup keeper into if your if your first keeper's not playing well. I'll tell you what, John. Right, you you take a breath and I'll ask Mark Guidi. <laughs> Mark, would you expect Craig Gordon to be picked for Celtic tonight? Yeah, I would. Yeah, um, you know, look, there was a defeat on on Sunday. Obviously, it's even more highlighted today because it was four 0 and, and B it was it was you know sixty nine games. The one the the undefeated run came to an end. Um, but no, do, do I blame Craig Gordon? Do I think he should be 
drop because of it. Um, no, I don't. Certainly, he's, he's kind of kicking distribution was a was a wee bit sloppy um, on Sunday. But over the piece, um, I think that Craig Gordon is a very good goalkeeper, and I don't think Celtic will get better than him. James, what do you make of it? Because I don't think John was talking only about Sunday. He he feels more generally that De Vries uh, perhaps deserves a chance. Yeah, I think you, you generally tend to stick with your best players, and for me, Craig Gordon's the best goalkeeper that they have. Uh, it was disappointing on Sunday. He was at fault for a couple of the goals, but I mean, <coughs> the best thing sometimes when you're a player is just to keep playing. You know, that might be the wake up call that he needs. That the fact that he's conceded four goals, he'll he feels like he could have done better with the goals, and that could be enough. You know, enough of a wake up call for him. I mean. I don't think he'd have any complaints if he didn't play, but I would expect him to still be in goals. Right, John, you've got your breath back. I have. You yeah, want to come back in? Much more composed now. Yeah, cheers for that. Um, yeah, and look, don't disagree with the, the guys there at all. As I said uh, to begin with, I, I back Gordon. I think he's, I think he's a fantastic keeper. I think he's done brilliant for us since he came in. Um, and yeah, I, I just think that you know, what's the point of having a backup keeper if you're not going to use him when your number one keeper's going through a bad spell? And as I said, it's not just Sunday. It has been coming for a couple of weeks. He's, he's just no. His, his distribution was better. I mean, it's went right back downhill again. His, his everyone was praising the improvements he had made in his game. And he's, he's went backwards as far as I can see in the last couple of months, definitely. Um, yeah, but my, my other point was, um, I, I reckon it's going to be a big reaction off of uh, Celtic tonight. I reckon we'll put four or five by uh, Thistle. No disrespect to Thistle. Always got a soft spot for them. And they're the Glasgow team, we Glasgow team, but um, I'm expecting a, a big reaction um, off Celtic tonight and the uh, news that Compare signed obviously is a, a wee boost as well, so hopefully we can keep it shut at the back door as well. Well, let's hear from Chris Davis on tonight's game. Remember, he was on uh, pre-match media duty in place of Brendan Rodgers this week. He insists there will be no knee-jerk reaction to Celtic's first domestic defeat at the weekend. They take on Partick Thistle tonight, as you know, looking to bounce back from the 4-0 loss at Hearts, but the assistant boss says they don't need to change a lot. Right look at it and we've lost one game in 70 and if you said that in isolation you've lost one game in 70 there certainly wouldn't be uh, major repair work needing to be done the fact is we've had a really strong season this season we've reached all our objectives um, in terms of staying at the top and we're looking to extend that lead being in Europe after Christmas um, which means qualifying for the Champions League first and then and then doing what we're doing and winning the trophy and um so there's no, there's going to be no feeling that anything needs to change. We need to be better if we could revisit that game again. Of course, we want to be better. And when we go to Tyne Castle next time, we're going to want to be better. But, um, but no, the, you know, the manager came up here to dominate, to win trophies. Um, and him and his team have won every trophy that's been on offer so far. Um, and uh, credit, credit to them for that. So um, we certainly didn't come up here envisaging, I certainly didn't envisage that we'd come up here and say we need to break Celtic records, let alone British records. Um, we wanted to dominate, keep Celtic at the top and win trophies and that's what we've, um, we've been doing. So there's no issue, we've got a lot of uh, confidence in the players and a lot of positivity for the future. That's the thing Mark If you are Chris Davis Brendan Rodgers Any of the Celtic camp And you're saying that There will be no Knee-jerk reaction Then You can't really Follow that up By binning the goalkeeper Binning the two defenders Changing the team So that's Is that why then We, we probably Won't see 
too many dramatic changes when Alisson gives us the teams in about 15 minutes or so? I wouldn't expect too many changes. Uh, you know, and if there are changes made tonight, Gordon, it's not because you know the manager's fallen out with players in the back of Sunday. And he's taking the huff. I just think he actually he needs to make changes as as he does do um, often. So no, I think. Um, that uh, on the back of Sunday, yeah, it was disappointing for Celtic, the manner of defeat, the way they played. But I think there's a lot of Celtic supporters would recognise if you've been watching the team this season. You could see it coming. Maybe not 4-0. But um, that kind of performance where if one of the teams that eventually took the lead against Celtic was going to hang on and going to score again. And as soon as the third goal went in, then that was it. It was, uh, it was game over. So, no, I think what you've got to do is... There's no shouldn't be a knee-jerk reaction um, yet. You get back to business now. You've got a job of going to try and win the league uh, and win tonight to open up a, a a gap at the top of the table. But you also you look back on the 69 games as Chris Davis says there, and you you know you take a step back and think about it. It was a remarkable achievement. 69 games without losing in in Scotland, and it came to an end on Sunday. But I don't think that's a time to to, to start bashing Celtic because it's a time to look at it and say, Do you know what, that was pretty special. Yeah, Chris Davis also says any changes that are made tonight will not be as a direct result of what happened on Sunday. Not any more so than if you look at our team. Most most games, there's always two or three changes usually on on average. I would say, um, so that's normal. That's normal. That's not just um, selection based on prior performance. It could be selection based on uh, the opposition. It could be selection based on uh, physical condition. So. Yeah, there, there's, it's natural that there'll be a couple of changes, but it's not a, a reflection of, of of anything more than that. Uh, let's get the Celtic team then from Alison Conroy at Celtic Park. Yeah, it looks like just one change for Celtic tonight. Uh, Jozo Simonovic won't play. He, of course, had that knock. He's not even on the bench. So... Craig Gordon will be on goal. It'll be a, a back four of Mikael Lustig, Dedrick Biata, Christopher Ayer and Kieran Tierney. Then it'll be Scott Brown and Stuart Armstrong with Callum McGregor, Scott Sinclair and James Forrest. And it'll be Odson Edward up top for Celtic tonight. On the bench, Hazard, Griffiths, Dembele, Hayes, Cham, Sviachenko and Johnson. Still waiting on the Partick Thistle team, but it looks like just that one change for Celtic, Gordon. Thanks to Alison. Mark Guidi, your initial reaction to that team? Yeah, it's a strong team. Um, it was Alison just said there, you know, one change which has um, pretty much been uh, enforced. Um, but uh, a couple of changes rather. But you look at it, you know, interesting again. Edward gets a nod. Um, you know, you just wonder what, wonder what's going to happen with the, with the striking situation at Celtic over the next uh, six weeks between now and the end of the transfer window um, in January. I think we've, we've spoken about this a number of times now, and you wonder, is it to keep Edward interested and show that he has got a future in case there's a I don't know if there's a, a chance that he could go back to uh, to Paris in January so they want to give him um, plenty of game time to show is it paving the way to see is Edward good enough to replace Dembele if we look to maybe cash in in Dembele uh, in January or is Edward good enough that if we want to go and buy him from PSG which is the, I think the fee somewhere between 7 and 10 million quid is he worth that kind of money for, for that kind of outlay so it's interesting so there, there, there's all sorts of dynamics going on with the uh, the forward air at Celtic Park and they certainly want to keep an eye on I think this is a, a horses for courses approach James because if you look at Sunday's game for instance Lee Griffiths started they then sent for Dembele and Edward was third in line if you like on Sunday but now he finds himself back in, uh, on top of the pecking order he's he's in the team from the start it's, it's difficult because you know the, the, the best run of form they've had was you know when they had the one striker Dembele at the start then Griffiths came in 
and he keeps chopping and changing the strikers now and there's no real validity in his selection or, or play with the one main striker. There's there's three vying for the one position and that's, you know, it's great to have competition but at the same time you don't want to be a striker thinking, right, I need to score a couple of goals here to keep my place in the team. That that itself, you know, you start to maybe doubt doubt your ability or, or doubt your performances and you know, I think it's difficult. I've been there myself where you think, right, it doesn't matter how I play here, I'm not going to play. And it looks like he's he's rotating them. Whether Mark's right in, in the fact that they want to see if Edward's good enough to to put the the money down on him, but they see him every day in training. So I think that decision would maybe be there anyway. Mm-hmm. Whether it's there's, there is a deal close to being agreed for Dembele to leave, and, you know, they want to see, see if... Griffiths and Edward will be the, the two they need or, or if they need another one so I don't know it's difficult you you expect I expected a couple of changes not because of the, the 4-0 defeat but as Mark said as well you can see it was coming the, the defeat was coming they were getting lucky they looked a bit tired and their you know their passing hasn't been as crisp and their, their play hasn't been as sharp as, as normal so I, I thought there'd be a few changes anyway but you know, it still looks like a strong team to me. Edward in his last home game was, was excellent, so I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if he scored a couple tonight again. Scott is in Burmullock. Hi, Scott. Right, guys. Uh, there's three changes in that team, no one. That's right, yep. Christopher Ayers came in, mm-hmm. Armstrong's came in, and so has Edward. There's three changes. Yep. What do you make of that? Um, not enough. <laughs> After Saturday, uh, Sunday, sorry. Um, my, my problem with Sunday was um, the manner in which we, we seem to just. I don't know where they were tired looking. I, I, I don't know. They just seem to look totally turned off. I mean, they, they look like a team devoid of ideas at times. I mean, Brendan said itself, we could have played three games and no score, which is very unlike a Celtic team, especially a Celtic team at present. Um, Scott Sinclair, although he scored a load of goals this season, his form's been terrible. Again, in Sally, the Sunday, he was terrible. Um, we spent, I thought we spent 90 minutes chasing the ball. Perhaps, to, to, to be honest, they were up for, for the first kick of the ball. You could see that 15, 20 minutes in, they were first to every, they were first to every second ball. When we were clearing the ball, we could say to a Hearts player, nobody seemed to be pressing them, nothing. Um, that, that was my opinion. I, what I said to your, your, uh, your guy at the start there was, I thought that might be the last time you'd see that particular team play together. In other words, those are living players that I don't think <clears throat> Brendan can trust the 11 guys together again. Was that not a bit extreme, Scott, to reach that conclusion after one game in 70? Jojo Simone and Dedrick Bayata at the back I'm not saying the rest of the team I'm, I'm going by by process of elimination they guys have been involved in some of the heaviest defeats we've had all season and it's getting beyond a joke now I, I may also mention to the guys start as well about the footwear that the players are wearing or what's going on with that the amount of times I watched players slipping and sliding all over the place I mean I didn't play any good level but I always had two pairs of boots for me a pair of moulded soles and a pair of boots I could put aluminium studs in or nylons or rubbers Nowadays I don't appreciate all these boots are all lightweight and they're, they're very short studs now. These guys are sitting all over the place. Aye, but, yeah, I thought it was ridiculous to be fair. But the pitches now are hard, you know, so some of them, although they were slipping, the pitch would still have been hard. So it's it doesn't always take a stud. And no everybody likes wearing studs or, or, or that. I think the pitch was poor anyway and, and it played into Hearts' hands, but... Pitches nowadays, you know, you get away with wearing mouldies. Sometimes it's it's hard underneath and it's slippy on top, and obviously it's icy as well. So you, it's it's a difficult thing. I mean, uh, Mark, you look at there were three changes there tonight, um, but Scott wants he he wants more on the back of Sunday. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's a wee bit of a knee-jerk reaction from, from Scott in terms of, I don't think that team, that 11, will ever play again uh, together. Um, and sometimes people will, will say that on the back of a defeat. But uh, over the piece, you know, I think it's been, as I said, it's been coming this season. You could sense it. I, I, I don't know, think... I particularly thought that, that uh, Celtic would lose 4-0 But I think what did happen in the game Once it certainly lost the third goal um, I got the impression if Celtic had scored After half time first to bring it back to 2-1 That they would have got a point That's the way the game would have looked to me But then Hearts got the third And then Celtic were still chasing it Still trying But uh, it just as though when they into the final third There was a bit of anxiety Came into the play They were too desperate uh, to try and do something They, they lacked to be a bit of fluidity They looked to be a bit um, kind of nervy at times Which was most um, unlike them But Back to the point, you've got to credit Hearts. Hearts were terrific, you know, and um, you know to turn in a performance like that. And young Harry Cochran um, getting a goal, lovely strike with his left peg, and to get into that environment, into that company up against Scott Brown and other um, seasoned pros, you know, a credit um, to him. And at the back, you know, they defended really well. Michael Smith uh, was terrific at the back. I thought Lafferty really, really led the line well and bullied. And the Celtic defenders And all just clicked into play for Hearts Didn't click for Celtic Okay thanks to Scott in Barmullock We're going to take more of your calls in just a second But before we do that Clyde One's 12 Ks of Christmas With Keystore Supporting you evermore this Christmas You've just got a couple of days left To get involved in Clyde One 12 Ks of Christmas It's back for 2017 And we're giving you the chance to win £12,000 before Christmas What a bonus that would be £12,000 in your bank account On the 22nd when the lines close And all you have to do is text the word YES to 61025 That's YES to 61025 You can only enter if you live in Glasgow in the West so you need to have a G M L F K P A or K A in your postcode. You must also be over 18 to enter. Text cost two pounds. T's and C's and online entry are at Clyde1.com. That's the 12 Ks of Christmas on Clyde One with your local key store. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Ladbrooks.com. Download the app and score a tap-in. Please gamble responsibly. Mark Guidi and James McFadden here with me Gordon Duncan on tonight's Clyde 1 Super Scoreboard we've been building up to the game at Celtic Park tonight Celtic against Partick Thistle it's 01419511025 any other uh, fans of other teams out there want to get in touch do so now we're on Twitter at Clyde SSB as well Jim is a Rangers fan from the French Alps it says here very nice Jim I would imagine ah it's uh... Six feet deep in snow and icicles as long as my legs, but ah, it's cold. <laughs> well, what can we what can we do to warm you up, Jim? What you got in your mind tonight? I'm just I'm 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 starting to get annoyed with this full Rangers saga. Now. It took six weeks for us to approach Derek McInnes. It's now getting to the stage where we've got news coming in of Tony Pulis coming in in January. Why why are we waiting to January to look at a manager? We're going to be waiting guys for the dole Applying for the job now Is that what we're waiting on? That's just, it's getting beyond a joke We're waiting on a manager coming in To, to compete against another mediocre manager That's what, that's what we're waiting on now And it, to me it's getting really, really It's getting ridiculous now It really is Depends what way you look at it I suppose Mark I mean January's 12 days away But um Clearly not going fat, not going fast enough for Jim at the moment. Which, I, and I guess Jim, Jim won't be alone either in that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that you know, I would have expected Rangers to have a permanent manager in place. Um, I, mean, I don't know if Jim's referring to Tony Pulis has, has been mediocre. I wouldn't describe Tony Pulis as, as, as a. I'm, 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 a, I'm referring to Brendan Rodgers as a mediocre manager. 
Alright, okay, Brendan Rodgers is mediocre, okay. Brendan Rodgers, well, Brendan Rodgers is funny's level in Scottish football. I don't know if he's... That's the uh, level, he's, that's he's, level he's working on. That's the level he's working on. No, that's not the level he's working on. It is. He's funny's level in Scottish football, but... Uh, and that's where he's working. What did he do after he sold Luis Suarez? He done nothing after he sold Luis Suarez. He spent £192 million on a Liverpool team that failed miserably. And keep on... And uh, even they're still trying to figure out how they're, they're failing the new in Liverpool. But you look continuously at Celtic's European form the new. But the chairman can be happy with a manager that, can, that continuously gets laughed at in Europe. I don't think so. But what I'd say is uh, in terms but of you what don't you think so? no. But what I would say is in in terms of uh, that, Jim, is that uh, Brendan Rodgers has qualified for the Champions League. Um, two years in a row So he's brought in More than £50 million pounds Of income to the club He's got a hold of a, a team That wasn't playing well That had lost to Rangers um, In the Scottish Cup semi-final And improved that team Beyond recognition He's added a couple of good players So um, I think Brendan Rodgers Has been an excellent manager uh, For Celtic 69 games um, Unbeaten And the challenge for Rangers Is to go and find Try and find somebody Better than Bren- Brendan Rodgers So the next manager of Rangers Is going to have a formidable task um, A trying to get the, the funds To go and com- compete And uh, overtake Celtic To become the number one team In the, tr- the country again And that will not be an easy thing to do As long as Brendan Rodgers is there On the, Just to go back to Tony Pulis I don't think Tony Pulis Will be the next manager of Rangers Tony Pulis will wait And uh, he'll take another job down south So I would rule out um, Tony Pulis being the next manager of Rangers what about, what about Giovanni Van Bronckhorst Would you think of that? I, I, I think that Gianni, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst In time I could see him managing Rangers Jim uh, For sure At the moment I think there's a good relationship there With Feyenoord And I wouldn't <laughs> expect him uh, To leave Feyenoord uh, At the moment Now It depends how long Rangers want to wait Jim You know Do they, do they want to just say to Graham Murty Take it to the end of the season Are they looking to bring in A permanent guy now you know nobody knows because you can't get any you can't get any feedback um, coming out in Rangers in terms of what the plan is. Um, at the moment, all we know is that, is that Graham Murphy is basically there game to game. What they want to do long term, um, we don't really know. You want to well, come back in there, Jim? Ah uh, well, uh, I, I, I'm just um, I'm gutted to know. I'm really I'm gutted to know because I'm looking at this and now going, if we had a permanent manager in there, i.e. if we'd have kept on with Mark Warburton. Right, and we'd have, we'd have gave him the January transfer window. He'd have realised at that point, look, we need a, we need good defenders in here. Um, I've I've underestimated the SPL. Right, mm-hmm. he'll bring in the defenders, and the same Mark Warburton was still in that job. Right, do you honestly think Rangers would have been in a position they weren't now? <clears> no, <throat> they would have been above Celtic. I don't know if they'd be above, above Celtic. Celtic but, well, I don't know if they'd be above Celtic. If you look at it, if you look at it. Um, Jim and you, you rewind the clock nine months or, or slightly longer than that it really wasn't a clever move to get rid of Matt Warburton to replace him with Pedro having said uh, that Cushinia. that's the benefit of hindsight isn't of it of course it is yeah. yeah but you know I think you know I think we were all a wee bit wary of the, the Cushinia appointment um, Gordon you know, and then you know very quickly particularly after the, the defeat to progress uh, in the Europa League qualifier you know again the benefit of hindsight but really Rangers should have just said there and then held their hands up and said we've made a mistake here rather than letting this fester and go from bad to worse let's just cut it out 
don't give the guy any more funds and bring in a, a, a new manager because I think we could all tell it and I don't think there's any benefit into it I think we could look then and just think you know what for whatever reason this guy has been a big big mistake oh big time big time listen see before I go boys uh, I give a wee shout out uh, to my wee mate he's done another resort done in teens we're up in Val de Zelda now uh, can you tell wee Donny it's minus four and uh, Val Terenzo now Right, okay. Oh, listen. I've just I've just got it myself, Jim. It took me a wee second. Thanks. That was uh, Jim in the French Alps taking some time out of his skiing uh, to give us a call uh, with a, a number of topics. Oh, I like that, Jim from the French Alps. I don't think we get many calls from the French Alps, do we? No, no usually it's Canvas Lang, yep. Springburn, Rutherglen, Clyde Bank. So the the French Alps that does surprise me uh, when it pops up. We're going to get the, the the team news from a Partick Thistle perspective coming up very soon from Allison. Um, James, when Allison gave us the the Celtic team, I, I meant to ask you, what do you think the mindset will be like f- from the Celtic players? Can you think of a maybe there was more than one, but ever a time where you were. Just desperate More desperate than ever To get out after a, a defeat Go and put something right Is that the way Players think? Yeah they do And I think they'll be Looking forward to getting Back to Celtic Park as well They know the pitch Will be good And you talk about When you when you lose a game And you lose 4-0 You think right Get back to basics And the basics for Celtic Is a passing game You know They're, they're expansive football uh, High tempo passing And, and creating chances and, and that's what They have to get back to They've, they've kind of You know Going back to The, the League Cup final it, Although in the end the game's comfortable, it was very uncomfortable for them in the first half, and that kind of carried on even into the game at Fir Park. And I know they beat uh, Mother uh, Parkhead after that, but but it's been coming where I spoke about it earlier. The passing's not been as crisp. You know what? I can remember one in the the final. I think it was a pass out to Lustig from Scott Brown. They passed it straight at the park, and that that doesn't happen. So they have to get back to. You know their basics, which is high tempo, passing the game, passing the ball, and making the other team work. It was too easy for. Although it was a great performance for Hearts, Celtic, you know they couldn't get the passing game going. So every time it was a, a slack pass, Hearts were on it, and they didn't allow Celtic any time to get their passing game going. So they have to go. They have to get back to that and and pass the ball and make sure that if Patrick Thistle are going to come and they're going to press and try and play a high pressing game, that they make the ball work and tire Patrick Thistle out because. That's that's the way to combat it. Let me ask you on the opposite side, the, the other dressing room, Mark. How will Partick Thistle players be feeling about this task? <clears throat> I think they'd they'd, um, they'd probably have preferred if Celtic hadn't lost <clears throat> on Sunday because you, you would expect a a kind of an angry Celtic to come out and try to you know depending on the size of the crowd. I don't know if the Hamilton Aki's game a couple weeks ago was in to go by. You might be looking at a crowd of 30,000 at this time of year, so there's not going to be a great atmosphere. It's a cold night, etc., etc. So I think Celtic will come out with, um, if you like, a point to prove. Not any to prove it, but if if you get my my drift. So I think for Patrick Thistle, um, it's going to be even tougher um, tonight than maybe what it would have been had they played them, you know, a couple of weeks ago. So I think for Thistle, who are not in the best of form uh, either, you know, I just hope for for Patrick Thistle's uh, sake that it's not a it's not a real sore one because I wouldn't be surprised if Celtic won 4 or 5 nil tonight. You forget that Thistle had a, a sore one of their own at the weekend, James. So they too will be hurting. They too will have something that they want to put right. I appreciate this is a, a bigger challenge than most fixtures that you go into, but they also know that they've got some serious points to pick up over the next couple of weeks. They do, and their task is a bit different. They have to go and, you know, the, the bare minimum for them, and sometimes 
it, it's it's a good thing is they have to go and work hard and make sure it's difficult for Celtic to play. The, the onus isn't on Partick Thistle to go and get the ball and string twenty passes together and, and create you know great free form football. And I know that's the way they like to play, but they have to just go and work hard and make sure it's difficult every every pass. Make sure they're on Celtic and put them under pressure because depending on what the crowd's like, Scott Brown said after the game on Sunday, yeah, they've it's dented their confidence. You look at the other side, everybody up until the up until Sunday, watch Celtic and everybody's saying, right, we're waiting for the run if to end. But you're playing against a team of invincibles, if you like, and that's what people maybe get into the game thinking, Oh, I don't know if it'll be our day today. It'll have to be, you know, we have to be at our best. Um and, and that's not the case anymore because they've been beaten. So they can go and take heart from the fact that Hearts have, have gone and, and beaten them. And I know they're on a bad run, but the very, very minimum for them is they need to turn up and they need to work hard and, and hope for the best. Beat the pundits with goals in the Scottish Sun. The SPFL and EPL latest every Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday. Five to seven, and that means it's time to pick up the phone if you want to play Beat the Pundit. Mark Guidi and James McFadden both desperate to take you on, so why not give them what they want? 01419511025, and you could play Beat the Pundit after the news. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Ladbrooks.com. Bet and play and pull a result out of the bag. Please gamble responsibly. Mark Guidi and James McFadden are here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We already brought you the Celtic team from Celtic Park, and we're going to bring you the Partick Thistle team as soon as we do this. Beat the pundits with goals in the Scottish Sun. The SPFL and EPL latest every Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday. Yes, it is indeed Beat the Pundit time. Tonight's contestant is Sean Russell from Stirling. Hi, Sean. Hi guys, how are you doing? Not too bad, how are you Sean? As a, as a Rangers fan, what are you what are you making of things at the moment? It's not the, it's not the best situation, but um, you know, I think I think they'll give money at the end of the season and bring in an experienced manager. Mm, no, that's a shout that we've heard a couple of times on the show, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the next couple of weeks on that front. What about beat the pundit front, Sean? Are you, are you a confident player or you just fancy your chances? I wouldn't say confident But we'll give it a bit. thought you would just Give it a bash tonight That's fair That's fair Well toss the coin anyway Heads it's Mark Guidi Tails It's James McFadden He's smiling already Because he knows But it genuinely is Look Mark what does that say In the coin Come on Tails Thank you it's Tails James McFadden Is going to be up against Sean Russell from Stirling Let's get no sight He's stretching in the corner here Sean honestly You should see it uh, uh. Let's give James some Clyde 2 in his ear So that he can't steal Your answers Sean And I will set up the clock Right 30 seconds Head to head You can pass Sean Here's your chance To beat the pundit Okay No but Which Scottish clubs Announced they'll cease Funding their youth academy Hearts uh, Name one club That Marvin Compare Played for Before joining RB Leipzig Ajax uh, Which SPFL team Have not won a league match This season What was the final score Between Livingston And Falkirk last night 1-0 what has Bristol City's manager ordered for Jose Mourinho ahead of their League Cup match tonight? Pass. It's been announced the shareholders of which Scottish club will take over the lease of their stadium? Montrose. Okay. Let's bring James back. He's got that wee smirk in his face. I don't really know what that means. I don't know if it's a nervous smirk, a confident smirk. Anyway, James, let's go for it. Same it's set just of, a smile, it's not a smirk. Same set of questions to you. you ready? Yep. Which Scottish clubs <coughs> announced they'll cease funding to their Falkirk. youth academy? Name one club that Marvin Compere has played for before uh, joining RB Leipzig. Hoffenheim. Which SPFL team have not won a league match this season? 
Party to show, I don't know. What was the final score between Livingston and Falkirk last night? No, no. What has Bristol City's manager ordered for Jose Mourinho ahead of their League Cup match tonight? Red wine. It's been announced that shareholders of which Scottish club will take over the lease of their stadium? Inverness. Okay. Now, Sean, sometimes there's a bit of suspense built up and you don't know which way it's gone. I don't think you need me to tell you how that ended up, do you? Eh, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> to put it bluntly Let's go through them anyway And see how we got on uh, Which Scottish clubs Announced they'll cease funding Their youth academy It was Falkirk We're going to talk about that In just a second So 1-0 to James uh, Name any of the, the clubs That Marvin Comper Played for before RB Leipzig You had the choice Of mentioning Gladbach Hoffenheim Or Fiorentina James went Hoffenheim Which means 2-0 To him at the moment Which SPFL team Have not won a league match This season Interestingly you both went For Partick Thistle Mark Weedy Can you advance it's Brecon City I, I was thinking of the Premier League no, But no, I knew no. I obviously there knew Brecon Have not won a game uh, <laughs> What was the final score Between Livingston and Falkirk Last night Nil-nil You were close Sean But James got it on the money So he's 3-0 up At this point um, Would you believe Bristol City's manager Has apparently ordered £450 worth of red wine For Jose Mourinho Tonight yeah. In fact the teams Are just arriving at Old Trafford At the moment And it's been announced The shareholders of Inverness Cali Thistle Will take over the lease Of their stadium So it was a 5 For James McFadden Sean It's a big fat zero I think if you, it, wasn't, it wasn't the best It was not That That is an understatement Sean That is an understatement indeed Sean Russell from Stirling Thanks for taking part I don't like dishing out The big fat zeros But it has to be done On this occasion James McFadden wins again Honestly Sean just seemed a bit deflated There didn't he I think I'm blaming you for that I'm going for 70 in a row <laughs> <laughs> we could be here a while uh, Sometimes you would think we uh, we plan these things We actually don't um, We can pretend that you do if you want But the first question there was uh, Which Scottish clubs announced they'll cease funding uh, To their youth academy I'm quite keen to get you guys' opinions on this We know that lots of the listeners are passionate about youth football And, and the way things are coming through So I'm not sure if, anyone, if everyone's caught this story today But Falkirk have decided to basically scrap their youth academy This is because they want to Focus on the first team They want to focus on getting promotion back to the Scottish Premiership They want to put all their money into doing that And they have scrapped the Youth Academy So they'll no longer be putting money into the 4th Valley Football Academy Remember they, they had that joint venture with some of the other teams in the area They're ending that and they're also going to review their involvement in the Development League So the chairwoman Margaret Lang today A fairly um, detailed statement Just saying that at the moment their model is unsustainable So... Bringing through young players and selling them on is all very well and good But they're obviously not selling enough of them on for enough money And therefore they've decided to scrap it Mark, in years gone by Falkirk's built up a reputation as one of the one of the better youth academies yeah. you know, Scott Arfield, Stephen Kingsley, Jay Fulton Guys like yeah. that, that that have gone down south So on that alone, you quite surprised to hear this? Yeah, I am and in, in, in some ways quite sad as well um, Gordon that, you know that unfortunately and I'm not, I'm not being critical here but unfortunately the club you know it sounds like they, they can't afford to, to keep it going they need to put their, their, their finances elsewhere they're also sitting um, and you know it's not a pretty position they're in uh, at the moment as well in, in, in terms of their league position so they've, they've got to go and start winning games um, to make sure that they, they remain a, a championship club so it is a shame um, to see because it is a really good football club Falkirk you know they're, they're, they're contributed a lot over the years you know they did bring through some really good uh, young players um, as well so yeah it's unfortunate and uh, I hope this doesn't hamper them long term but you know after looking at the at the books and it's something had to give 
Uh, it's unfortunate <laughs> it, it, it's their, their youth set up, but if it means that the the, the club um, you know continues and can remain full time for the foreseeable future, etc., etc., then you know that's what has to be done. Uh, I'm keen to get your thoughts on this. Naturally, Falkirk fans, I'm sure you'll have an opinion. But what about fans of other clubs out there? Is there is there a concern that this might be the tip of the iceberg? Maybe this could be the first one. Who knows? Maybe it will be an isolated incident. And um, James, what what do you make of it? Because as sad as it may seem, you can clearly understand the thinking because clubs ultimately their main aim is the first team. And if the people who've who are running Falkirk think this is the best way financially to go about it, then there's only so much arguing can be done with that. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's never nice to, to hear that. I think, you know, come back to, I think it was the early 2000s and Ian McCall was Dundee United manager. They scrapped the youth then um, and they managed to come back from it. So, obviously, short term, they have to, they have to you know, solidify their position in the championship first and foremost before they can think about going forward. But, you know, if, you, if you're not producing the players that you would like and you're not making money off of off of producing players unless you've got loads and loads of money to burn which they don't have then it's pointless doing it um, and also they're not in the Project Brave they're not in the elite uh, section of Project Brave so th- that in turn will stop them from being able to attract the better players um, I read something that they, they were maybe looking to copy the model of Brentford and try and take the, the players that are dropping out of other academies and I don't know what level they're going to continue to go at but it's never nice when you hear at a team, especially Falkirk. As you said, the players you've mentioned, they're, they're known for bringing through young players, but football's getting so expensive now, there's so much money in it, that the teams in Scotland need to just survive before they can think about anything else. Craig's a Falkirk fan. Craig, you got any thoughts on this? What was your reaction when you heard it? I'm, I'm sensing Falkirk fans are a bit torn over this one. Yeah, like completely 50-50. Um, the, the kind of production, if you like, probably slowed down more nowadays than it had in the past. They've not got that many players that we're selling on now than when maybe a few years ago of like the Grandos and Fulton and etc. Yeah, that, that's the thing, Mark, because I suppose what it does show you is that you you have to you have to you have to apply a you know a, you have to apply some criteria to to discover if something is successful or not. And it's all right saying yeah but Falkirk have brought through this player and that player and, and X, Y and Z but if those players aren't Selling for money that's going to keep you afloat And they're also not performing at a level To get you into the top league before they're sold Then then maybe it's not really working And I feel bad saying yeah, that about yeah. Falkirk Because like we say they have brought through What we would consider talented players But I suppose it just depends how you define success Yeah you know and, and what you know in, in any business uh, you, know, you want to be seen a, a profit So you know as, as you say If they're not getting enough players So remember you know, you, just because you sell a player for 250 grand it doesn't mean that's a 250 grand profit you think of the amount of, of, of salaries that there are to, to run an academy all the, the, the cost the, the expenses um, that are involved as well so you need to make you know you need to be selling a couple of players a year probably to make it worthwhile and they've decided unfortunately that they can't and James as well you know the point he makes has not been a um, you know in the elite club bracket uh, under the new uh, Project Brave For what it's worth they, up, they didn't apply know. for that anyway They, they yeah. pitched You know And, and no, got, got into like the tier budgets, That they wanted to yeah. Into it, so. yeah. no, it looks, It's it's a shame Because our thing as well That If you come from From that area And maybe you're a Falkirk supporter You're a kid You, know, you, you would do oh, I want to be in the Falkirk so, You know that's my dream To go and play for For Falkirk And we've all And, that, and I mean that's, that's, that still could happen It yeah, just means It's by it's a different not, path Yeah it's, But I, I think 
As I say, I'm not being critical of the club because first and foremost, you've got to do what's best. They know their business. They know how to run the club and they've decided they've got to, to, to scrap this. But it is, uh, it is unfortunate. And, and I hope, I hope there's not um, a lot of clubs maybe looking and saying, well, you know, they've done it. You know, we better go and uh, maybe we should do that as well because it would be a shame to see them uh, d- uh, disappear. Craig, let me ask you if you think it changes how supporters view things because we know that fans of every club they love that idea, don't they? Of of a player coming through. I've got one standing in front of me when James McFadden came through at Motherwell. Even you know, it didn't matter that he wasn't from the town. It was the fact that he'd come <laughs> through the the system at the club, and, and fans just build up a real affection for players like that. Does do we pay too much attention to that or are you concerned that that's something that will be missing going forward? Um, probably a bit of both. Like right now, like with Craig Sibold in the team, when he scored a goal at Hamden to send us to the cup final, everybody was always oh, a local lad. He supported Falkirk the last time we were at Hamden. He was in the crowd as a supporter and now he's scoring a goal to send us there. So I suppose it's a bit like that. But I think first and foremost, nowadays, fans want to see a competitive team on the park. And a team like Falkirk should be challenging at the top end of the championship, not at the bottom. I suppose it's worth noting, Mark, that this, as in fact Margaret Lang says it herself, but I think you can safe to assume this won't have been taken lightly. This no. this will be, and it's also it's probably come at an unfortunate time because people might look at it and think that it's a knee-jerk reaction to being down at the bottom of the championship. But I'm sure there's a there's a bigger picture here. I don't think it's a case of Paul Hartley's gone in, the team's down the bottom, and they've said, mm. "Oh, right, we better scrap the youth academy." Pretty sure there's been a, a a bigger picture here. Yeah, I'd imagine you know, that, that that's something that's probably been ongoing for months. They've probably looked probably maybe through the the course of the whole the, the whole year. They've looked at their accounts. They've looked at ways of trying to cost cut. It could be as well. Let's say considering the position that Falkirk are in at the moment, you've got the window coming up this month. Maybe see you know, Paul Hartley saying, "I need three or four players in." You know, here's the players that I want. We're going to have to increase the first team budget by. You know, I don't know, three, four, five thousand pounds a week. Let's say, you know, something like that. So we need to try and do this. What's got to give? And I've decided, well, what's more important for the short term is that we stay in the championship. And if it means we have to sacrifice our new setup just now, we can maybe go back and look at it again a couple of years down the line. But in terms of where our money needs to go, the most important thing is uh, retaining their championship uh, status. I mean, James, there are more than one way. Of doing these things For instance the, the most obvious comparison Would be Brentford Brentford t- took a similar decision To Falkirk They scrapped their academy They've got a sort of B, a B team system Where players who are t- You know Maybe Towards the end of their teenage years Go through that system And then into the first team um, So that would be the obvious example Falkirk in their statements Say that they've been um, You know They've, they've a strategic review they've launched called Towards the Premiership they've been speaking to English clubs they don't name them but Brentford would would be the one and again it just shows you that clubs are trying to think of different ways to ultimately get success for the first team Yeah they are and and the the SFA have come up with the idea of Project Brave and they've put a number of you know criteria in there and and Falkirk obviously felt as though they couldn't couldn't meet that the, the criteria for that so they, they think this is the best way forward and at the end of the day that's what it's about. The SFA have come in and says this is what we think is the best going forward. Uh, if you want to get on board, get on board. If you don't, then you pitch at your level and they've decided that well, the best thing for Falk at, at the minute is to scrap the youth system. I don't think there's any right or wrong way. If they're not producing players, as Mark says, if you're selling a player, I don't know how much the, the last player they sold would have went for, but I'd imagine it wouldn't have covered the cost of just running the academy. So... If you're not seeing those players coming through and you're looking at it and saying 
Right, they've tried to make it elite. The elite players are going to play for the better clubs, and then then they need to fight for other players. Are they going to really go and make two, three, four, five hundred grand on a player? It's highly doubtful because there's Motherwell's best player just left for four hundred grand or whatever. And I know his contract's coming out, but teams don't come up to Scotland and, and spend loads of money on players, and, and they haven't for for a long time. So even if they get a player that's good enough to go and play in the first team, it's like. A lot of investment just to get a guy who, and it's no belittling the the fact that he's coming into the first team, but that's just good enough to play for their first team. There's still a lot of investment, a lot of money invested just to get that guy where they can go and pick off a team that's coming out of the, the elite, maybe academy, and say he could play in our first team. They've not had any any outlay on him. He's just coming in as another player, and he's ready made for the first team. So it's difficult. It's up to them, and and I hope it works for them. Uh, Anthony Neal's on Twitter He says You can see Falkirk's point of view It's just a case of their academy Not being profitable uh, Just trying to ensure The club's survival We've already lost clubs By not looking after the finances Only common sense As far as I can see Let's get the Partick Thistle team Shall we? We brought you the Celtic one earlier In the programme uh, Jags fans I'm sure you'll be interested To hear what Alan Archibald Has come up with This evening Here's Alison Conroy At Celtic Park Yeah there'll be two changes For Partick Thistle tonight From that defeat to Dundee At the weekend Alan Archibald of course seeing that his aim is to be off the bottom of the table by the winter break. So it will be Thomas Cherney and goal the back for Paul McGinn, Niall Keon, Danny Devine and Jordan Turnbull. Ryan Edwards and Adam Barton sitting in front of them. Then Blair Spittle, Andrew McCarthy and Stevie Lawless. Miles Storey as the lone striker. On the bench, Scully, Doolin, Erskine, Natrinsky, Salmon, Nisbet and Fraser. Your referee tonight, Gordon, as well, is Alan Muir. OK, thanks to Alison. Partick Thistle fans, what do you make of that team? What do you make of your team's chances tonight? All the focus doesn't have to be on Celtic. 01419511025. Jags fans, if you want to get in touch. James, a very simple approach, if you're looking at Partick Thistle tonight, would be to say, oh, just just copy what Hearts did. Just go and do what Hearts did. Why is that easier said than done? Because it's 69 teams have tried it before them. I'm sorry, it's, it's 69 occasions before them. It's It's difficult because... You know, there's a man of different circumstances that that at Celtic Park now the pitch will be better. I said that earlier, and Celtic have, have faced that defeat, so they'll come out, you know, fired up, ready to go, and hopefully they'll be looking, uh, sorry, to get an early goal and 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 ease the nerves a wee bit if they've got any. Party will need to just go and you know give it everything they've got. Don't don't come away and think we could have done better. They'll give it everything they've got. It's games where you look at before the season or before you begin the season and you say. Right, we've, we've got the, the trip to, to Celtic Park, we've got the trip to Ibrox. They're games that, you know, anything we get is a bonus. And tonight will be a bonus for them, but they've got a slight slight chance of going and, and causing an upset again. But, you know, it's not as easy as just saying, right, we'll copy what Hart's done. Although that's what uh, Craig Levine came out and says, they just copied Anderlecht. But it's not as easy as that. And I think that was, yeah, you know, a bit of tongue-in-cheek for, for Craig Levine. James McFadden is here, as is Mark Guidi, and they're going to face the full-time teaser that's coming up next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Ladbrooks.com backing Scottish football all season long. Please gamble responsibly. It is time to get James McFadden and Mark Guidi a full-time teaser. Last night's was a cracker, by the way. A big thanks uh, to John Smith for sending that one in because loads of you were getting in touch on Twitter. Roger Hanna even phoned me again this afternoon because he couldn't remember one of the answers and he was clearly <laughs> passing it on uh, to whichever company he was keeping. So, cracker last night and we've got another good one tonight sent in by Martin Burns. Thanks to Martin for sending this. We're looking for 12 managers who have been relegated... Two or more times from the English Premier League 
That makes sense So which uh-huh. 12 managers Have overseen Two or more relegations Of clubs From the English Premier League Okay Tony Mowbray mm, No mm, Okay Alan McLeish Yes I, I was thinking That one would be A bit of an open goal For you I didn't want to Bring it up But there Aye, we are Thanks, there we are. thanks. I was involved Aye, in I know. That's why I thought I would Just let you get it I didn't want to Rub it in right <laughs> Sorry I wasn't there. involved In the last one I was injured For most right, of the okay. season Or else we'd have stayed up <laughs> right. So Alex McLeish Took Birmingham down In 07-08 season And the 9-10 season So oh. we're looking For 11 more Mick McCarthy I'm just going through the, the list I've got is written down in a very annoying fashion Where I'm having to go No actually, no Mick McCarthy no. I don't think so Okay, we'll get back to it uh, Let's speak to Kenny in Airdrie We're just talking about the Falkirk situation um, The fact that they've decided to scrap their youth academy I think Kenny wants to talk generally about youth football Hi Kenny Hi guys, how are you all doing? Yeah, not bad, you? Hey, I'm, I'm good mate, I'm good I'm enjoying the show tonight It's a little bit different for the norm Eh... Uh, no, can I firstly you say... You surprised, Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, it doesn't seem like uh, to be a blue and green show tonight. Uh, just that that was tongue-in-cheek and maybe a Craig Levine bit there. Can I say a wee, quick, a wee quick thank you to James because I've actually just dawned on me when I've been in the studio the night that nine years ago my wee twin daughters were born uh, three months premature and ended up in a uh, maternity ward over in Wisher General and... The first thing that we done when they were born was they actually came through a big picture. I think you donated James to the ward. Aye, that's uh, right. And we got my twin daughters got their photos taken when they were only like three, three, three hours old, uh, three days old with the, with the picture. Well, so, there we are. He's, uh, a, he's a good soul. Yeah, well, my wee boy yeah. was in there as well. He was premature, so uh, that that'll be why it's in there. Ah, uh, well, no, thanks to you, mate. Thanks no I think as Gordon will say I had a wee thing a couple of weeks ago About players in Lamborghinis So I thought it's nice to give credit to guys that do real work That's right uh, what, what was your point tonight about the, the youth football Kenny We were speaking about the Falkirk Academy weren't we Aye aye I, I think it's heartbreaking when you see something like that You know I mean I'm, I'm in my 50s And I go back to generations where There were a bigger league in the, the When it was the old first division even before it became the Premier League But you had the uh, Sort of your 18 teams and your, your reserve league as well. You know what I mean? I think I think a lot of that's missing because the, the the league seems to be getting very very cutthroat. I mean, we've already got people relegated before the end of December, but uh, I think it's a shame when you see teams that are years ago they put into the to get in the stadiums right, and then now they're having to change again to go with everything sports science and all that. It's maybe just too much for every team. Just play football and enjoy it. I, mean, I can see where Kenny's coming from, Mark But ultimately When you read the wording of the Falkirk statement There's no secret about it They're trying to focus the resources On the, the on the side of things which tends to matter most to the fans And I don't mean to belittle youth development I feel v- very strongly about it But you know what these things are like Falkirk fans would probably Be more than happy to sacrifice their youth academy If it meant a team which got promoted to the top flight and that's just the way it is Yeah, and um, you know it, in an ideal world you, you can have everything Gordon And it's all thriving And it's all doing well It's all successful But that's not going to be uh, The case So As we said I don't think this would be A knee jerk reaction This is something that will be Considered at boardroom level <clears throat> Over a number of months And they've decided This is the way That's best For Falkirk Ultimately That's all that matters You know What is best for the football club And if something had to give It's unfortunate It's a youth Department of Youth Academy But in the bigger picture If that's going to make uh, Falkirk hopefully better uh, In years to come And that's the way it has to be Once come back in Kenny uh, no, I mean even now you, I think we all talk about the weather And the winter shutdown and that But 
think uh, probably Tory Glenn, I think we said it before on the show and previous things, but it's probably sort of empty there now. Uh, you know, we need more, more places for kids to go and play football. When I played football, the, the, the park was packed every Saturday and Sunday with 20 headless chickens chasing each other, but uh, a couple of football players came out, you know. It's, the conditions are, are no right for youngsters to come in and it's too costly. Uh, speaking of winter conditions, James, you and your Queen of the South teammates made it to half time on Saturday before the game was called off against Dundee United. Right decision? Um, nah, probably. I think I don't know if the game would have finished. Um, but at the time, it was a bit. It was starting to harden, but you know, I, th- I felt as though the game could have went on. But the, the longer it went on, uh, obviously the pitch hardened, hardened up quite. Quite quick, but well, that would have made a difference with the players being on the pitch and, and you know, kind of melting the frost as it before it gets to set. I don't know, but you know, the pitch was slippy, and you look at it and it's astroturf, and you think, right, okay, we can play games on it, and, and it's called off. Um, obviously, Falkirk's game was called off as well, and that's astroturf, so it just shows you that you can try and put the best the best things in or what you think is the best idea, but you know, it's Scotland, it's going to happen. Thanks to Kenny the Jambo and Airdrie We're looking for the 12 managers who've overseen two or more relegations of clubs From the English Premier League You've already got Alex McLeish I've got a few in it but I don't Brian Robson Yes Well done Alex McLeish and Brian Robson so Steve Koppel Yes I thought that was one of the tricky ones Steve Koppel's in there I've got two more Peter Reid Nope Steve Bruce Yes Okay. That's you often running We'll get back to that uh, In not too long Let's hear from Martin Canning Shall we Mark You've got a particular interest in this Because you were at the game At the weekend Martin Canning Is less than impressed With his players After they lost control During the win At Ross County So Ian Escondras Was shown a straight red He's also been charged By the Scottish FA For excessive misconduct I'm sure you've <clears> all seen The footage by now Looks like A couple of punches Thrown That type of thing And uh, even Coming a bit too close With referee Gavin Duncan So he'll miss the next Two games anyway um, But Aki's have also been charged For failing to control their players The second time they've been warned About their conduct And Canning says They simply need to do better One thing's for sure We're going to lose him For the next two games um, For his red card anyway So he'll miss the next two for sure And then we'll see where we go for there We shouldn't be We shouldn't be Taking it to that That, that far if you like We've got to make sure that uh, We try and control ourselves um, you know, It was that type of game And if honest, I think it was Van der Weg That actually kicked it all off We, we pushing Yanis um, and it's one of those ones, once that happens, it then becomes players from both teams protect their own teammates. And given that the, kind of the, the amount of pressure that was on the game and the, the result of the game, and to have an 8 ninth minute goal, and then that happens within like a minute of that happening. So you can understand the kind of emotion of the game at that point boiling over, but it's no excuse for us to have a player sent off. We've got to try and make sure we keep a living on the pitch. Mark, you were there. Uh, yeah. you, you sounded very excited, rightly so, if you don't mind me saying, at the end of the game on Saturday. I'm sure you've now seen the footage back as well. Yeah. yeah. It all kicked off, didn't it? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, you know, one thing. Sometimes you, you you try to keep an eye on everything, and there was so much going on, Gordon. That uh, you think, oh, you know, have I missed something? Play? And but what I, I did see, and I, and I said at the time, was was Scondras was out of order. He thoroughly deserved his red card. Um, he was in about, I think, you know, sort of, you know, manhandling the referee. And one thing I don't, I don't like criticising um, referees, and I, and I know it was um, Gavin Duncan's first <clears throat> game in the top flight. I've seen him in fourth official. A few times But I watched Dermot Gallagher On Sky Monday morning They actually showed it When he does his referee review They showed the footage Of this game And Dermot Gallagher Made a, a great point Now Gavin Duncan Was acting with the best intentions But what he should have done Was just take a step back And let it all Unfold 
Natch or the fourth official can get involved or, or, or whatever it may be. Um, so he shouldn't have been in the ruck, although he was doing it with the best intention. And it reminded him actually, and I don't know if that's why Hamilton had been pulled up again. Um, Hamilton, I was at Hamilton, was it Hamilton St. Johnson? Was a big bust up um, as well, one of the games. Well, but I remember of, that was the fixture when the two St. Johnson players yeah, ended uh, up Danny playing Swanson each other and as Ricky well, Foster, yeah. yeah. But there was another game, I don't know if it was that game, there was another game, there was a big free for all. Um, as well, I can't remember who it was. It was Hamilton against somebody, but I remember praising the referee, and it was Don Robertson, because Don Robertson just stood back, took it all in, and just identified bump, 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 and bump, and you know. And I thought that, and that reminded me of that's the way it should have been handled by Gavin. Ultimately, he did get the right decision in terms of sending off Jonas uh, Skondras, but he should have just taken a, a wee step back. But it'll be the better. It'll be the better for it. Uh, James, give us the, the sort of player's perspective of, of how these things happen um, We don't really like to see it But what's the sort of biggest on-field Rami you've ever witnessed? I can't remember to be honest But it's just, you know if You see one of your players either being hit or involved in that You want to go over it First and foremost to try and stop it So your player doesn't get sent off But, you know, in that case uh, At the weekend There was no stopping Scondra So it's one of them where you go and you try and pull your player away and if he keeps coming and coming back, it's inevitable somebody else is going to get involved and uh, sometimes the players end up fighting amongst themselves in terms of the, the, the home players in the same team. So no, it was it was never nice to see, but in terms of mine, I can't really remember many. I, I don't mean to, to give Scondras this reputation because we've not really seen anything like <clears> that from him previously in his time in Scotland, but were, were there players you played with that... <laughs> Tended to get involved in those situations a bit more than others. Well, I, I've spoken a lot about it. I've been I've been on the pitch a couple of times with big big Duncan Ferguson, and it's never a rammy. It's just one hit and that's it finished, and nobody <laughs> else is going to go up to him. So I've never really been involved where somebody will run up and what what you playing at is almost is he coming for me next? So and it's the same as your players. You just wait and wait until he's finished, and that's it. Just let it let it Aye, calm down. That's it. Just Sometimes you get people want to go in and have a wee bit. Kind of go in behind the big guy And then run away and <laughs> that, that happens as well <laughs> One thing Martin Canning did say After match on Saturday God was He said you know He said Scondras is a lovely guy A really mild <clears throat> Mannered guy Day to day He says I don't know what, what happened to him there But you'd never have thought that The way he conducted himself And as James said to him, He's like Okay Hamilton won the game Great afternoon for them He won 3-2 But you know it, it could have been different And Eddie, You've got to show restraint And uh, you know He was just out of control on Saturday That's the thing because I'm sure lots of players lose their temper, but it, se- it seemed to me from looking at the, the highlights is it was a, quite a prolonged period of of temper being lost. Mark, yeah. you know when you when you miss the first time to go back That's in right. again, he kept getting pulled back, away yep. and the referee. And he's, as I said at the time on Saturday, he's actually almost thrown the, the referee to the to the ground. So he was he was bang it odd. And I always think, you know, as, as James was talking then about Duncan Ferguson, see if you're going to get a red card, see if you want to get somebody, and you want to stick one on him. Do it properly, and I'm not condoning violence. I don't, but do you know what I mean? I don't see the point in getting up for a for a hands back. You know, getting getting done for a for a slap. If you're going to do it, then you know, do it right and make sure you, you you're you're um, you know you're worthy of the the red card. <laughs> Mark Weedy's take on violence on the football field. Should we just say act responsibly at all times? Yes. And we won't need to have this discussion. Ten minutes away from kick off at Celtic Park, Celtic <coughs> against Partick Thistle. Uh, Alec, what are your thoughts on that game? Uh, I'm just about to get into the the stadium now. Obviously, I can see it just business as usual. Uh, obviously, what's happened on Sunday, that's, that's done now. You can't change it. Uh, yeah. I quite like the fact that we're doing we're, we're transfer business early. And also, oh, you know, we're getting linked with the boy, Fissett Mum, 
in the Boyfriend and D. Two Scottish lads. I would also like to see us bringing in McGinn. And it's not only going to be great, obviously, for Celtic to get these young talents and prospects, but also for Scotland. Uh, because, no doubt, you know, that if they're good enough, they'll be in the team. And again, that can only enhance uh, the, the Scotland team. The guy that was uh, phoned up for France, probably he's probably sitting somewhere in Govan, uh, Stota. You know, he spent more time talking about Brendan Rodgers than what he did talking about his own team. It's the same, the same thing. Brendan Rodgers, Celtic, Liverpool, Suarez, he's a dud. You know what I mean? The guys just gave us 69 games in a row. You know what I mean? Uh, if they can find half a manager as Brendan, they'll be doing well. For what it's worth, Alec, I'm reliably informed he did have a foreign dialing tone, so he was definitely <laughs> he definitely wasn't anywhere uh, about here. Let me ask the guys about your initial point, thinking you in particular, James. <clears throat> we've seen this in a, a number of times recently, in particular today it's picked up a bit more traction. This Lewis Morgan to Celtic, you play in the same division as him. So he's the type of player that could make that step. Yeah, I think so. Uh, obviously, I'm seeing him against uh, players in in the level below. And you look at Johnny Hayes last year, who was probably one of the best players in the league, um, and he struggled for for game time at Celtic. But w- what Lewis Morgan has is <clears throat> he scored goals. He can create. He can go left. He can go right. I mean, I don't know what foot he kicks when. That's not because I don't know anything about him. It's because I've saw him kick the ball with both feet, and I don't know what one it is. Um, Always a good quick. sign. That eh? it is. You know, yep. he's he's quick and. Um, it, it is something a wee bit different, um, and it looks like he could make a step up. My my worry would be, you know, what happened to Johnny Hayes, but he's young and he, he can go and maybe go there and definitely be one for for the future. But um, the, the the other guys mentioned, uh, John McGinn, I think, been excellent. Um, none more so than against Scott Brown a couple of weeks ago, and 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 I would like to see some young Scottish players being bought by Celtic and. and Letting Brendan Rodgers go and do what he's done with the rest of them, make them make them better players and 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 help you know Scotland in, in a national level as well. So it'd be good. It would be good for me if he signed a few young Scottish players. You hear nothing but good things about Lewis Morgan, Mark, and yeah. anyone like like some of us who've managed to see him. I mean, even when he goes into the Scotland under twenty one setup, we saw him against the Netherlands against guys who are playing their football at you know Ajax and clubs like that, and he was one of Possibly the best player on the pitch Or certainly one of them So you can see where the confidence comes from That he could step up But then as James says Johnny Hayes Ryan Christie even yeah. You know It's still worth bearing in mind That it's a, a big step It is Yeah uh, Funny enough I spent a bit of time with um, Alec Ray and Davy Farrell On 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 Monday And they introduced him to the Superman um, First team uh, And obviously Jack Ross And, and James Farrell <laughs> Have been terrific You know with his, his development And getting uh, you know, plenty of game time uh, under his belt. But um, one thing that Alec and uh, Davey say that is that he obviously his talent is, you know, not up for debate. He's a talented kid. As James has said there as well, brilliant in his right foot, brilliant in his left foot. But what they also said too, which 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 I love to hear, was that he, he's just a really good kid. Wants to learn, good professional, mm. really good attitude. So you know, when you've got that in your locker as well as the talent. And you've got a chance of succeeding, but yeah, there is a danger that you, you go to a bigger club, club, and you and you get lost. So it would remain to be seen. But you know, if St. Mirren offer good money, if the boys get a chance to go and you know sign a nice, healthy contract at Celtic or, a, or another bigger club, then you know, rightfully, he's not going to turn it down. So it's one to keep an eye on and see how he does. But hopefully, when he gets his move to whichever club he, he decides to 
to go to that he continues to blossom and, and plays a part in the first team. We are building up to kick off at Celtic Park, Celtic against Partick Thistle. But before we do that, let me discuss something very, very important with you. With wholesale domestic bathrooms, Hillington, caring about children in Glasgow and the West. Clyde One. Yes, only five days to go until Christmas Day. We know that for most of us, we're rushing around trying to get last-minute touches to what is usually a special time of year. But the harsh reality is that for thousands of children across Glasgow and the West, it is just another day. James McFadden was telling me today he was out doing his Christmas shopping out with the, the wife who was clearly bossing him around, telling him what to do. But for thousands of kids, they just don't get any of the special trimmings that most of us do. So what we're looking for is to try and make a difference for the most vulnerable children in our area this Christmas I mean you know the story Christmas morning you get up it might be a case of sticking on a Christmas film something that you take for granted but what about the children who don't even have the electricity to do that so that's what we are trying to do maybe a bit of electricity in the meter a hot meal and maybe even a small gift for children who really would appreciate it you can help us by supporting Clyde's One's Cash for Kids Mission Christmas this year we're teaming up with wholesale domestic bathrooms in Hillington to donate £5 just text the word Clyde to 70808 that's Clyde to 70808 Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Ladbrooks.com Download the app and score a tap-in. Please gamble responsibly. We are underway at Celtic Park for Celtic against Partick Thistle. We'll keep you up to date on everything that happens inside the opening stages of that one. Mark Guidi and James McFadden are here. Uh, during the break, that's usually when the guys come to life on the full-time teaser. Uh, let me tell you, they've honestly thrown about 47 names at me. That's how difficult this question is. So we're looking for the 12 managers who've overseen two or more relegations from the English Premier League. Before the break, I think you had Steve Bruce, Steve Koppel, Alex McLeish and Brian Robson. Yes. Yep. Any more? We've got four more. You've got four more. By the way, and like I said, don't forget, that's four out of about 50 guesses. But anyway. I've got two and, jo- and James has got two. Okay. George, George Burley and Gary Megson. Yes and yes. I've only got one, have I not? No, you've got two. Which is Dave Bassett. Dave Harry Bassett, Redknapp. yep. Dave Bassett and Harry Redknapp. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One, two, three, four, five. Eight. So we've got eight. Four to so get. Four to get. Any foreigners in there? Yes. Gordon. Yep. More than more than one. Mm. No. <laughs> just one. Well, the, yeah, just one. Mm. It's not a. Uh... Avram Grant Yes yeah, Oh, I thought brilliant. you were going to struggle with that one oh, I'm so disappointed when the guys <laughs> do well honestly <laughs> Avram Grant took West Ham down didn't he And Portsmouth as well Yep. Yeah. So one, two, three to get oh, Plenty of time to get them Absolutely plenty of time Let's just check in things uh, quickly In the opening stages at Celtic Park Make sure we haven't missed anything uh, As you would expect It's a, a fairly quiet night <clears> at Celtic Park By usual standards It is a couple of days before <coughs> Christmas It's a bit cold and people have obviously decided to, to give it a miss So you never know Let's see what type of entertainment we get over the next 90 minutes Or so Barry's a Celtic fan in County Durham Hi Barry Hello guys, how are you doing? Not too bad, your point tonight Barry? Uh, before I make my main point I just think it's, there is a bit of a catch-22 for the Falkirk situation <coughs> I think youth is important But you've got to look at the bigger picture If they're trying to win promotion and sustain that It's a difficult one I feel sorry for the young lads in the youth setup. So yeah, that, that, that's the, that is the thing as well, Mark. That's something that we, we didn't really uh, touch on earlier. The Fourth Valley Football Academy, which Falkirk, I think, are the sole 
financial contributors too um, They also issued a statement today Basically saying You know We're, we're going to be Speaking to players in, in due course That's the other thing This is yeah. This is a, a real shame For any young any young kids involved And yep. that's maybe something That gets overlooked As we worry about The impact on, on a first team But this this is, is going to break Break the hearts Of some young players yeah. around And I dare say Probably there'll be coaches That'll lose jobs You know Maybe you know Been full time or, or maybe have to go to part time Or full time lost their job Or maybe they were part time A nice earner for them And they've lost out as well Because if, you, if, you, if you're going to Ditch your, your youth set up Then you know It stands to reason That coaches um, Are going to be um, Part of it too And other Members are that make up uh, backroom staff and, and different things So look, it, it's a shame But you've just In an ideal world Everything would be kept going But it's not And uh, I think What we have to do Is just trust that Falkirk have, have made the decision For the right reasons For the decision That, that suits them best to, to move forward What was your other point then Barry? I was just wondering What, you, what the guys think of uh, Mainly Gordon Strachan's comments I mean When he was Celtic manager I had a lot of respect for him He'd done well at Celtic But <clears throat> We've not qualified for a, another major tournament, and he's now seen that as a nation we're too small. Now, he was not very tall, and he was a fantastic footballer, and so was Jimmy Johnson. And I, I mean, I, I don't think Lionel Messi's that tall either. So, I, I think he's going to be clutching at straws mm. there. And if we qualified, we've never heard any of this kind of comments. Uh, yeah, this is Gordon Strachan, who's done a, a series of of newspaper interviews in recent days, talking about missing the Scotland job and on the genetics comment, he regrets when he said it, James, mm. but but he stands by it. Barry's quite right to point at the the small players who are good players, but is 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 there a bit of truth in what Gordon Strachan's saying? Just in anything that, that you've experienced, this is not to say that small players can't be good, but he he is very much of the opinion that we are. Just not as powerful Or whatever as other nations Can you at least see Any semblance Of, of sense in that Because he got absolutely Battled for the comments Didn't he He did And I can see I can see where he's coming from But You know What do we do then Because we can't make We can't make them taller Or bigger Stronger You know you can, But you can make them better players And the players that you mentioned There are all top Top class players Comfortable with the ball Never let their size Got in the way yeah, Get in the way Sorry And You know Maybe that's something we need to look at in terms of trying to produce players that are comfortable on the ball. But it's a hard, it's a hard one because for Gordon Strachan playing wide right for Scotland, the game soon as inside them, there wouldn't have been many people bullying him. You know what I mean? So it wasn't that there was a team full of wee guys that couldn't tackle or run or you know. I I think it's it's difficult. It's it's hard, and when you don't qualify, then you you do look for excuses. And Gordon's come away with that one. Um, and as you say, if, if we qualified, then it wouldn't have been made, made a big issue. It could have maybe made the comment says, you know, genetically we know the biggest, but we're competing anyway, and it wouldn't have been made the same kind of headline. So it's the fact that we, we haven't qualified, and it looks like an excuse um, that's gathering so much attention. Uh, Mark, what did you make of Gordon Strachan's comments in general? I suppose there was always going to be a time where he, where he would come out and, and speak. He's, he's done that today. I'm not sure if everyone's seen. Everything he had to say But um, some very interesting stuff there You know, refusing to comment on so-called rumours That the Scottish FA president, Alan McRae Questioned his team selection before the England game And stuff like that So yeah. he's clearly got a lot that's still on his mind Yeah, well we know how that works You know, if if the <coughs> the journalist writes that Then, you know, clearly he, he, he's doing it in the knowledge that, that it's true Because he wouldn't write that unless you've been given uh, the nod uh, that, that that's... Um, 
But it's accurate that information. Um, so uh, there was that. He, he's he's doing the, the media rounds again. Gordon, he, he popped up in Sky Sports um, the other night too. Uh, he's done his stuff with the with the Sun and the Daily Record. Um, I don't know if there's any other newspapers involved. Um, Gordon, but certainly Sun and Record have had a, a good couple of days. Yeah, so he's obviously just he's, he's kind of got over the worst of it. Was it eight weeks now since he since he lost his job and just to he obviously wanted to get get a couple of things out there and just clarify. Um, a couple of things What he's not said Unless I've, unless I've missed anything is, Does he want to get back Into the game Or do you think that's him Is he just going to say That's Hands up That's me You know he's um, I think he's sort of said It, it could be tough to find A, a similar yeah. level of Of job But Yeah um, So um, So it'd be a shame If he's not back um, <clears throat> In the game Because you know You look through his record, he's been a manager for, for 20 years and he's been very good. We don't have too much longer left. Thanks to Barry, Celtic fan in County Durham. It is still Celtic nil, Partick Thistle nil at the moment. Just about eight minutes or so uh, on the clock in that one. You've actually still got three to get in the teaser, I think. Toilet. Really Ian Holloway? Nope. Nigel Adkins? Right, first name though. Dowie? Yes, Ian, Ian Dowie, Dowie is one. Okay, shoot. so you've got Never two more to go. Um, I'll get, we're really running out of time right. So I'll give you clues So for one of them The teams he took down uh-huh. Oldham in 92-93 Joe Doyle And Man's oh, There we are Only needed one half the clue You want to try and get the last one on your own Or will I give you a wee helping hand Name, name one team that he, that he It took was down. the same team twice The same team twice mm-hmm. But was it Bradford? No No Bolton? Yes Sa- Sammy, Sam Allardyce? No nope. Sammy Lee? Before that Mid 90s Bolton manager Bob Mid 90s Bruce Yoke Oh we're running out of time My goodness um, 95, 96 <laughs> And 97, 98 So they only bounced Back oh, up for Colin Todd Colin Todd You got there in the end Well done Thanks to Mark Greedy And James McFadden For joining me Gordon Duncan On tonight's Clyde 1 Super Scoreboard 10 minutes gone at Celtic Park It is still Celtic nil. Partick Thistle nil. We'll have all the Post-match reaction to that On tomorrow night's show You won't want to miss it 6 o'clock I'll be here Joining me will be Gordon Diel And Mark Wilson One Super Scoreboard with Ladbrooks.com. Bet and play and pull a result out of the bag. Please gamble responsibly.